Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, be, hey! John, I have uh, some news. What's that? I think I'm going to an A's game. I got tickets up in section three, three, four. You know what's funny is someone sent me that picture, and I just started laughing. I didn't even look. I just assumed people were making fun. The guy was sitting like where Jordan Love and his mom was and girlfriend were sitting, and like it's just so empty, kind of kicking the dog when they're down, almost, you know. And then I saw TMZ post what was actually happening. So I reclicked on what I was sent and realized why yes. someone had sent that to me. TMZ couple allegedly engages in a despicable act at game. Cops investigating. It's like TMZ blurs the photo. I, I also think, is there any dumber word than like, allegedly he got a DUI? Like, yeah, he was three sheets of the wind. He couldn't stand straight. Like, there's no alleged sex act here that's a blow job at the top of i mean just an absolute the place is such a dump just I mean, a man getting really his shoes tied john it really is such a such a relic relic honestly that that word feels like too positive time machine <laughs> just a, i'll be there on saturday because the yankees are in town you're oh yeah. we'll see well, so, well a lot of how, how many people do you think will be there i bet thirty-five thousand people I right think it'll be a bump from 3,500 to 35,000. Yeah, got some good seats. 3,500. I, I saw uh, Barry Sports Guy tweeted last, uh, I think their third straight game under 3,000 people. Wow, they're hot. <laughs> they are hot. On the stream, uh, Alibi asks, how do you become a sex cop? Great question. That's a good question. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's great to see you. Welcome to the show on YouTube. We see you. We appreciate you. We see you. We see you. Um, hit that like button, subscribe to this YouTube channel, help us keep growing as football season approaches. That's a great thing. And um, on the podcast, if you're listening, great to have you there as well. Subscribe to that bad boy. You probably are subscribed if you're listening, but if not, subscribe to the podcast audio form. Hit us with a uh, review, five stars. Leave us a question. We got to get back to the uh, mailbag life at some point here soon. And um, we appreciate that as well. Yep. Go uh, subscribe, rate, review, share with your friends, share with your enemies. Like I said, mailbag. We'll have to fire some of those out. Here coming soon. I mean, football season, it's here, guy. We, we are done. We are unofficially basically done with the preseason. Officially, by the end of this weekend, no more fucking preseason games. But then a week off, college football starts, then the national football. Well, I actually have a very, I think, there's some college football games on Saturday. And I got a game I want your opinion on. Is this a good bet? So we'll get to that. But first, this is Tito's season as well. We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Handmade Vodka. This is the one. Um, 
This is the one we consume. This is the one you consume. This is the one you send us photos of you consuming, which we appreciate as well. When it's time for a party or just time to chill, it's time for Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's original craft vodka. It's the good stuff. Yep. Tito's sodas, Tito's and everything. You can never go wrong. It's not just popular because it's trendy to say, just because the guy that created it, I don't know. It's literally his name. It's because of the best vodka going. It's the number one vodka in America. It's the only vodka we drink. Honestly, it's the only cocktail I drink. You have Tito's. If you don't, I'm staying dry. Uh, and if you do, <laughs> I'm not staying dry. So get on it. Share it with your friends. You guys know the drill. The Thursday night, 49er game, yeah. uh, the, their last preseason game before they play regular season game, thank God. Send us pictures. Tweet them at us. Instagram at us. And, and really don't stop, right? Saturday, like you said, we got is that the, the game in Ireland this weekend? Game in Ireland is this weekend. So if you're watching that thing, well, what do you think they do in Ireland? They drink. Well, what are you going to do if you're watching the game at your house? You're going to drink. Anything you're drinking that has Tito's involved, tag us, Instagram. Our Twitter handles and Instagrams are pretty easy, guy. They're just yeah. our names. That's right. Aga Haberman, at John Middlecoff, and just tag us in everything you do with Tito's involved, handles, Sprite bottles. I mean, we, we, we've seen basically every picture known to man. We've seen guys with handles on the golf course at a 7 a.m. tea time to guys just having a cocktail at night just <laughs> normally. you know. So we've seen it all. Don't, don't be bashful. Don't, don't be shy. Uh, simple, smooth. Every sip is easy as the last. Tito's Handmade Vodka. Go get it. Uh, for recipes, videos, and more, go to titosvodka.com. I love going there for in- inspo, John, a little insp- little inspiration. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. So here's what we've got coming up as we record this or are live on a Tuesday, John. We have a Thursday doubleheader. Chiefs, Packers, Niners, Texans, then a bunch of Friday games, and then a bunch of Saturday games, and two Sunday games. We also have college football this weekend, week zero games, Nebraska-Northwestern in Dublin. That'll be a 9.30 a.m. Saturday game. So for us, that is 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 perfect. Are they sending Clatton and uh, I almost said Gus Edwards over there to do that game? Johnson, that's a good question. I don't know who's calling that game. It doesn't feel like they are. but It doesn't feel like they are, but... Uh, I will. Uh, I'll get to that information. Yeah, don't, for you. don't, no, no. This is a big deal. The people care. How about all right? Sneaky game. UConn, Utah State. You know whose debut that is at UConn? Absolutely no clue. Jim Mora Jr. Oh, he totally forgot. Okay. All right, but here's the game that only you, me, and um, like whack people would realize is interesting. On Saturday night, Vanderbilt goes to Hawaii. They're going to play that game at Hawaii's practice. It's like a high school field where they practice 9,000 seats because their stadium's getting rebuilt. Vanderbilt, who last I checked, is not a college football powerhouse, and last I checked is a long way from Hawaii, is a seven-point favorite in that game. Wow. Which, when I saw that, you know you've made the trip. I've made the trip. That is a that is a trap game if there ever was one because you go to Hawaii – you go early because you think you're doing yourself a favor to acclimate, but actually what you're doing is making your team relax on the beach for a week. Vandy, I did some research, got there on Sunday, got there three days ago. Their game's not till Saturday night, okay? <laughs> now, I did well, some school, dig- school probably hasn't started, right? So what else are they going to do? Now, I did some digging on this, John, because I texted somebody I know who's very who actually is a part of this game, and I said... They're last Sunday, so they're, they're there like right now. They're there right now. 
And I was like, am I crazy or should Hawaii not be a seven-point underdog in this game? I've seen this story so many times. And the word I got back was that Hawaii has 51 new players. So that it's a bit of a soft launch for the uh, old uh, Rainbow Warriors. But I got to tell you, man, I I think it's a little less weird week one. I think it it would kick in if you'd already played a game. I, I, I do think it's a little... A little more advantageous for an SEC program, even the shittiest SEC program. Yeah, week one, they've just had training camp. Now, like you said, that's a long time in Hawaii. But again, week one, they haven't played a game, so it's not you know Fresno. I think most of our experiences was mid season, right? You didn't open up with Hawaii, so it's it's a little. This is the easiest possible game to me. This or the bowl game when you have time leading up to, and it's not like a quick. What time do you think Vanderbilt's going to get home the next day? Seven o'clock in the afternoon or night? I mean, I, yeah, they'll lose. Yeah. I mean, because they'll lose what? Probably six hours. When, when, when I went to Fresno there. State, we got home at 10 a.m. So now, granted, we had to go to SFO. You know, I've been at Vanderbilt's probably, probably, <laughs> I think they, I think they charge her, charter in the SEC. But, uh, yeah. So, all right. So you think I might be a little too, I think when you factor in 50 new players, SEC week one, I, I, I'm not saying I'm a Vanderbilt believer by any means. I, I just do think that I would okay. factor in less of the weirdness week one. If like Hawaii if was good. Who's their coach? I think it's Jim Timmy. I, I th- no, I, I think it's Timmy Chang, the former Hawaii quarterback. Seriously? I think. Are you Googling it? Didn't he pass away? Or was that Colt? No, it's Colt Brennan. Yeah. Hawaii football coach is Todd Graham. Oh, it's Todd Graham. Well, no, I think he was fired. Yeah, he was fired. I think it's Timmy Chang. Yeah, it's Timmy Chang. That's pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah. I just think, and they're playing a high school. They're playing a 9,000 seat stadium. Now, that's not going to be weird for Vanderbilt. I mean, does Vanderbilt play in front of that many people? <laughs> Do they play in the SEC? All their road games are packed. That's true. Just something to keep in mind. All right. Um, they couldn't land June Jones. Gotcha. Some, I, which, which surprises me a little bit. Thursday night, Amazon. Niners game is on Amazon. It's the first. Do I still have this? Amazon music? It's the first Amazon. Yeah. June Jones sneaky younger than you think. He's only 69. I, I was going to guess he was 80. June Jones. Herbie L. Michaels, Thursday night. That feels very, the, the drums feel very college for me. It feels. I agree. I don't mind it, though. I don't mind it. Yeah. I saw Direct, DirecTV just did a deal where they're going to have, uh, with Amazon, they'll carry on DirecTV all the Amazon Prime games on in, like, bars. I was looking last night on Amazon Prime, looking for something to watch, and they have this new section. Why would just you ever go to Amazon Video to watch stuff? Yeah, the uh, the Jack Ryan show I watched. Jack Ryan Bosch yeah. is on there. I mean, they have a couple. You just never know. Sometimes you get a you get a gem, and they kind of had updated. It felt like their uh, their homepage. Oh, and it has you know like originals, movies, kids, and then it had sports. So I was like, you know, clicked over. If you go to sports, it lists out the entire seventeen week season, and obviously the 49er game. Thursday is like this first little box, and then you just see Chiefs Chargers. Like it's it's pretty easy. It's going to be very anyone that complained, 
is either an old fogey or acting like it's 2012. Like it's in 2022, one, everyone has, I feel, has Amazon Prime. And if you don't, you will extremely quickly. And two, it's going to be very, very easy to access, you know, like Apple Plus getting baseball. Like part of the reason that's a double whammy, right? To me, Apple Plus is a little less like you don't have to have Apple TV, right? But most people have Amazon Prime for shit that they get delivered. And it just comes with the package on your smart TV. And then two, unlike baseball, Unless it was like only Friday night Yankee games, then it would have drove like millions of people. Which there. I watched the other day. But that's not the case, right? There have been random games throughout the years or the year. It's just I, it's not necessarily just the Dodgers. And no, the Yankees it's rarely the Dodgers or the Yankees. Although the Yankees today, Tuesday, I'm pretty sure the Yankees are on Amazon Prime today because the Yankees sold some of their games to Amazon Prime. So it's on the Mets broadcast today. They have that. Then there's like whatever an MLB network might be carrying it. And it's also on Prime. So it's the Yankees broadcast on Prime. I, I just believe that, and I'm not saying most people listening to us are complaining, and, and the percentage of people complaining is just natural whenever you make a pretty big pivot like this. Because I, yeah. I would say this is, would you say this is the biggest pivot the NFL has made for TV-wise? It's pretty... Yeah, probably since that really matters, right? Like the pivot to Fox in the early 90s was viewed as a massive change. But for the viewer, you just... It's not really that like CBS, the SEC is on Fox or on ESP. You know, it's like CBS. I'll just I'll just But 94. The majority of people had the four channels and that was well, one exactly. Of the four. Well, it's the same like the Big Ten on CBS is being treated like a big deal. And it is. But for the viewer, they'll just click up one and OK, they'll watch. The other thing that I heard either like Mad Dog or someone say last week that every Amazon Prime game in those local markets like week two, like a legitimate Thursday night regular season game you'll be able to watch it on local TV in Kansas City and in the L.A. market. Gotcha. Right? They'll carry the primes. So it'll be Al Michaels and Herbie on just your local whatever affiliate. Yeah, CBS Fox or, or CBS. yeah, what, whoever. Yeah, I would imagine CBS, Fox, and however it works. Kind of like, you know, clearly still happens in the Bay Area with the Raiders. Like you can get the local Raider feed even though it's not, you know, they just throw it up there. Maybe it's on NFL Network. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but – I, I do believe that by about week three, everyone's like, this Amazon Prime thing's pretty cool. We're not even cool. It just feels normal. I think it'll feel very normal. Now, I, I do think, I mean, we've learned now, it's it's not easy to just take a player and put him there. And obviously they tried, right? I mean, they, they did come out swinging. They went for John Lynch, who has a television background, who, and if he would have accepted the job, Al Michaels and John Lynch would have been a seamless transition. Obviously, Al has been, is literally a lifetime television guy calling sports. And John Lynch has done it before at a high level. And then they went after Sean McVay. While he never done it, I think it's pretty clear Sean McVay would have been fine. I, I do think like the Drew Breeses and the Jason Wittens, like you can miss as well, though it felt like Amazon was on the right guys. They just went after two guys that, you know, a little live PJ tour, like couldn't be bought. Now they had jobs, <clears throat> Sean McVay, I'm sure, makes closer now. He got a new contract than what he was making and not even – I think he's even said, like, I'm not making as much as I could have got. John Lynch obviously is not making $20 million to be the general manager. Even if he's, like, the highest-paid GM in the league, I think, guy, that would be, like, 5 or $6 million. I mean, it's there's a big difference between, obviously, most humans alive with, like, $6 million, but $6 million and $20 million, and he said no. <laughs> and so, like, I, I – I don't love the Herb Street thing, and I love Herb Street, but it's just like 
I kind of would like an NFL guy, and I'm someone that didn't like getting pigeonholed when I first got into this business. And, and football's football, but it's like you think Kirk Herbstreet, you know, you think it's like it'd be like having Troy Aikman all of a sudden call once a week. You know, it's kind of like, and I understand why TNT does this. They're paying Barkley $15 million. So their biggest event, non NBA, is also a basketball tournament and they utilize them. But basketball people get very college basketball people. You know, you, I'm, you're in this world too. Like you see all these guys get very mad, right? Charles doesn't know who the fucking star player on Colorado is. And he doesn't know the dude on, you know, on Arizona. It's like, who cares? Most of the consumer doesn't. But I, I think you'll see a little bit of that with, with Herbie. Yeah. I mean, it, I think the, I think it, it cuts two ways. Like Barkley, he, he'll be closer football wise than Barkley's kind of going there to screw around. Right. Well, the thing that helps him is when you go college to pro, you've already seen all these guys, right? So Herbie's called Ohio state. He's called so many of the games, the star players in college become the star players in the NFL. Largely Barkley's going the other way. I think it's harder for a guy to go from the pros to college. When you call it at the highest level, you've seen a lot of them. I think there's a legitimate criticism of Turner in the sense that like Charles, there are really good college basketball analysts that actually know who the players and teams are. At the same time, most of your viewers don't. And so Charles actually knows more than those people. And most of these broadcasts are made, they're made for the masses. They're not made for the hardcore fan who has a too deep uh, knowledge of every roster. So Herbie's going to know more than enough. And we've seen him do NFL games. And I've always thought he was more than capable of doing NFL games. And I think in some ways, like, the, like Herbie is more famous than, would you agree with this? If you're a football fan, Who's more famous, Kirk Herbstreet or John Lynch? John Lynch. You think John Lynch is more famous to your average wait, fan? Wait, say, say it again. I'm just saying your average fan turns on the TV. They College football? Yeah, just a football fan. I mean, John Lynch is a Hall they of turn Famer. turn on the TV. See, now I he's in the GM. I, I think Herbie brings – I think your average viewer is more likely to say, oh, there's Herbie, than, oh, there's John Lynch. And I think John Lynch is massive. John Lynch also called games for a while, and his games, even the second tier games, probably had more viewers than a lot than the majority of Herb Street's games. John Lynch played in the NFL for 15 years. Maybe more famous isn't the right declaration, but I do think Herbie on games is going to just make your, your immediate reaction to your casual fans can go, oh, there's Kirk Herb Street. Yeah, I, I mean, for a decade, he did games. Like to me, Herb Street was in a weird way bigger just because. Brent was bigger than anything he did with Chris Fowler. Like he did games with Brent Musburger for almost a decade. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, sometimes you hear these clips and you go, God, that just sounds a little bigger. And it's nothing against Fowler, but Brent's just infinitely bigger than Chris Fowler. Always. I mean, he's, if you did a Mount Rushmore, like sports play by play guys, he'd be on it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, you're right. I'm not, yeah, I mean, he'll be fine. I, it doesn't bother me necessarily. I, I just think they were limited on their options, and they kind of, I wouldn't say took an easy way out. I also, am, I just assumed when Herb Street took the job that he was just going to quit ESPN and just kind of go, it'd be like a retirement gig. And that's only not, that's not only, that is not only not happening, he's doing all of his other jobs. Like, he's still going to do the Saturday morning thing. He's still doing the Saturday yeah. night game, which yeah. to me, that's, that's where I get. I wish they could have just found a guy just to be Al's partner, and that's his gig. And you know, well, I mean, who knows how much longer Al's going to do it? I, you know, this version of Amazon Prime Video this year may not be what it 
looks like in four or five years. You know, I understand from Herbie's perspective, like it's hard to go all in on Amazon when the other gig is so good. If they're going to let you do, but I don't know if you saw the last um, one of the late, the last two episodes of the Derek Jeter. It was episode six of the Derek Jeter doc when Buster Olney's like, you know, Jeter in his last year, he had already announced his retirement. He's batting second or lead off, whichever. And he's struggling. And Jeter should have gone to Joe Girardi and said, bump me down the lineup. And Jeter's like, then they cut the Jeter. Jeter's like, what are you talking about? That's not a championship mindset. Put me, I'm going to go to the manager and tell him to bat me seventh. No chance. I kind of look at Herbie like that. Like, hey guys, you're going to give me Thursday night football, college game day, and the biggest college football game on Saturday. I'm not going to be the one to say no thank you. Uh, I wonder how he'll feel after the year, but. Seems it seems like an outrageous workload. It seems like it does seem like because his workload crazy. was already pretty intense given what he had to do on Saturday. Remember the media was like, How could he possibly remember the one he said something like fly early in the morning? It was like that was an all-time social media take. But but uh, but I guess yeah. my ultimate point is there are gonna be some of those flying the moment he screws something up, and it's gonna be a little unfair. But again, that's just, I mean, a Twitter thing. Who even cares? Well, it but won't I think actually part, it, it will be. It is one of the, there's a lot of change in football this year from college football, to the NFL. And this is one of the changes. And I do think it's just, I'll be honest. It's just part of what kind of interests me about Thursday night is just seeing Al Michaels and Herbie new pairing. Okay. You want to go ahead. I can see it on your face. Just block them. <laughs> Some guy was giving you shit about your hat. When you I know, looked at he I can tell, real? you know, yeah, I mean, it, he, he had the vibe of about a 60-year-old in the picture, so see ya. Somebody, I usually don't even you, look. I just for those of you listening, some guy in the chat is giving Middlecoff shit about wearing a backwards hat, and I didn't think it was real, but I can see John's face, and I could see his blood not boiling, but he just wants to do away with this person, and so you just did that. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I literally wore the hat for Tito's, and then I pull it around so my face isn't covered in darkness. That's well, part of I, it. Yeah, there was this. Could I don't know. If you know saw, I mean, Fox just did a promo for. Have you seen Fox's last college football promo they just put out the other day? No. It starts with like Lincoln Riley. He pulls up in a. The point of the promo is everybody wants to be the big noon game. So that's their thing. It's like it's Alabama and Oklahoma and USC people trying to bribe Brady Quinn and Rob Stone and Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush. Urban Meyer. And Urban Meyer <laughs> they, to be on big noon. And it starts. He's not in the commercial, is he? He's in the commercial. Urban Myers? Yeah, Urban's in the commercial, like in a scene golfing with Rob Stone. But it pulls up, it's it's Lincoln Riley pulls up in a Ferrari and tosses the keys to Brady Quinn. And Brady's like, it's not my car. And Lincoln goes, it is now. And so it's like, oh, USC wants to get on. And then it shows the guys getting out of a car for their flight. And it's Alabama's team uh, private jet that says roll tide. And they're like, damn, Alabama's putting out all the stops. So their thing is like, they everybody wants to be on the big noon kickoff. It's a big deal. And there's one scene with the Bevo, the Texas Longhorn, and the Longhorn, the guy that works with the Longhorn, he's actually, it turns out, is wearing his cowboy hat backwards because there's a bunch of Texas fans that respond to the video like, your guy's wearing his hat backwards, not a real cowboy, you know? And I saw it, and my first thought was, I bet forwards the hat put a shadow over his eyes that made it a bad shot, and so they just turned the hat around like you did for the sake of television. Did are any Pac-12 schools doing the 9 a.m. kickoff, or was that just a one-year deal? Uh, I don't not yeah, not that's been announced. Yeah, I guess things are always subject to change as the year goes on, huh? 
Like if USC yeah. was a powerhouse, it wouldn't be inconceivable that they had a late season game at 9 a.m. or I not. think I think yeah, I think it'd be if like if you are trying to win the college football, go to the college football playoff, you probably would resist playing a, a nine. But isn't that one of those things? Remember, we talked about a couple years ago that that was like it kind of got out of their hands because David hated it. And yeah, but I think if you're if if USC is rolling, you can put USC at one o'clock and it works. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you don't have to put them at nine. You True. can put them at four o'clock. Oh, part of it was like we'll help you get better ratings by put you there if you guys are down. If they're yeah. six and zero, oh, that you put them at one, we're all watching. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, last preseason game for Trey Lance on Thursday night, John. Um, you know, I saw he uh, he threw some picks in practice on Monday. As we've talked about on this show before, this is just not a, a new uh, point by us. I don't care about his practice interceptions. I care about his accuracy. And when you look at the first preseason game, because he didn't play in preseason game number two, um, you know, there were some moments that we really grasped onto in that game. The out pass to Danny Gray that they didn't connect on. The touchdown to Danny Gray that they did connect on. Some of the short passes, uh, Kyle Shanahan afterwards said he wanted Trey Lance to actually boot after a handoff, not just hand it off and and watch the play. So, um, you know, I expect him to do a couple of things that on uh, Thursday we'll see how much he plays. But another chance to watch Trey Lance is another um, another is an easy reason to watch for me. Well, I think we can all celebrate that we don't have to talk about. Obviously, the, I mean, part of football is you practice all season long before games. This is not baseball or even the NBA. LeBron doesn't practice, right? His teams, they just play. Uh, that is not football. So practice is a huge part of it. Though the media is not allowed, meaning only the team sees and nothing gets out. In terms of like, if he throws three picks in practice, no one will talk about it because no one will see it. And that brings me joy because I I've always been a believer and coaches, and more than for the front office, coaches truly, and players too, I guess, care about practice. Some do, some don't. To me, I I just, you get paid to make plays on Sunday. And obviously the way you practice leads to that. But I I just, I don't care. I'm glad that we get to judge him now on his games. And after, and this game ultimately doesn't mean anything good or bad. Right. I mean, he could throw three touchdowns or he could throw three picks in the game. Now, we would talk about it after, but it does not dictate what the future is going to be this season. And I'm just ready for regular season games and actual tangible shit with this guy to matter. And we're basically, you know, we're almost here now. I get why Kyle is playing this guy. I think Andy does it specifically. They don't do joint practice. He uses these games. I think part of Kyle is. The Niners not only – I mean, they, them, Green Bay, Kansas City, and Houston, they're four teams. They have the longest break till they play, right? All these teams and then play on Sunday. That is – I don't know how many days. I mean, is that 14? I mean, that's a long time. 12? 10? I started counting on my hands and lost count, but it's a long time. Yeah, because they're not kicking off till the 11th. And this week is the 25th. Honestly, it might be 17 games, 17 days. I mean, it's a, it's a long time. It's more than two weeks. Yeah. So <clears throat> Seven, this nine. Uh, this is uh, good content. Seven, <laughs> seven, prom- 14 plus two, 16. So the 17th day will be the game. Yeah. So 16 a, days between games. That is a long gap. And you know, it'll be interesting to see. I, I would imagine that they wait to cut down because w- why would you make cuts early? Though you could, I you know, while other teams, they still have guys on their roster. Like you technically, the Niners could cut down to 53 
two days. They don't have to wait till the first. If you're them, you could do it on like Sunday and just all these teams still have all the guys on the roster. They can't even make claims. <laughs> so you wanted to get our, our guy Buck Mason to the practice squad. It's a little easier. I had two people text me yesterday. They're like, uh, how many running backs do you think they're keeping? Yeah. On other teams. I'm like, why do you ask? They're like, oh, this, this undrafted free agent. Fuck, he looks pretty good. Now, that doesn't mean their team would necessarily have the room or need a guy. But like they're evaluating these guys and they're putting this guy is claimable <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. Luckily to me, running backs, wide receivers, those type positions, a lot of claimable players still end up on practice squads. If if our guy Mason was a tackle or a corner or a defensive pass rusher, you'd be like, you don't have a choice. You got to keep him, Right. I do think at running back, it it'd probably still be a coin flip. Uh, but you Would just Trey Sermon get claimed. I don't think no. I don't think so either. I don't think so because part of it is like okay, there would be teams that had good draft grades on it, but then he has two two years. Like, wait, this team who loves running backs just drafts like something's a little off. Yeah. <laughs> now I do think teams would be interested in like, hey, could we pay him to bring to our practice squad? Would the Niners even want on their practice squad? You know, you you never know. Uh, but I think that is part of like get through Trey, get him locked and loaded. But you could argue these are the last reps. But he, he's going to have 16 games where I bet how many practices do you think they have there? Probably seven to eight over that time of like real practices and then several walkthroughs where it's kind of time to start locking in for an opponent. I, I would guess that they're watching a lot of – he probably has already loosely started, maybe not actually, watching Colts defense from last year, right, you know, from a scheme standpoint, like Eberflus. what uh, our guy Eberflus – I always call him Uberflus, and everyone fires my DMs like he's Uberflus. Like, oh my god, let's, let's stop acting like he's Belichick or Parcells. Like, there's not another team in the league that was going to hire him. I, I'm not trying to talk shit about him, but I, I if I'm screw up that guy's name, like, are we sure he's not a one and done guy? Uh, but that's beside the point. But the reality is, is Trey is really, I mean, really going to get judged every game, and it's starting here at about. You said 16 days, so 18 days. And that's that's what we've all been waiting for. You know, I, I, I Trent Williams, Kittle, Bosa. I mean, uh, it's like we know what we're getting. He's, I mean, he really is their big wild card. And then some of the injuries. But it's like week one, I mean, I, I don't know exactly how the show's going to open, but I know he's going to be involved based on that game, that performance, what he looked like, how he play. His composure, how do you, how do he bounce up after he got sacked on the one play? How do he react after how do he look interception? as how did he look as a runner? Yeah, I think it's I mean, gonna be a big like to me, that's one thing I would say Thursday night. We got the opportunity, his first the first slide of his life on uh in that first preseason game. I think just more of that. Like I just want to see a comfort with that. Um I think one thing he's already shown, I don't have much question, he's constantly looking down the field. But we really don't get to see him until we get to see him with Kittle and Debo and Ayuk in the full offensive line, and they're settled at running back, and you get drive after drive after drive after drive. Football, and I heard somebody say this a few weeks ago, a football player or a football coach say, it's, it's just an adjustment sport. Like The sport is in the adjustments. How many times has a team marched down the field with their first drive, pre-scripted, they look good, and then their offense falls apart afterwards. Did we talk about this last year? How we don't we don't overrate first drive touchdowns. Absolutely, um, and uh, I think you were taking a shot at the Raiders last year when you made that comment. But um, you know, now we get to see adjustments to him, adjustments back, adjustments to him, adjustments back. That's where careers are made. That's where seasons are made. So, 
And it's what's so fun about like talking about quarterbacks, right? How they adapt, how they improve, how they react after bad games. Like to me, I, I just I, I just feel so confident of what we're going to get out of a lot of their core guys. Like I'm expecting Fred Warner to have 12 tackles week one. I'm expecting Debo or Brandon Ayuk to combine for a couple touchdowns. Like Kittle make some big plays. Bosa to get a couple sacks. Trent Williams to fucking road grade. What's Trey Lance look like when he's running around and Roquan's chasing him? Yeah, you know, say like say one one thing the Bears have is a guy that can run around after him, right? I mean, of all the things they have, is just one guy that can run around after him. It's kind of going to be interesting. Like, is Rokon kind of spying him around? That'll be fun. That's, yeah, I mean, because we're going to have to. It's not the. It's not exactly week three Denver, you know, 49ers here, but week one. If you're going to put a shitty matchup, week one's fine. You know, that's the week where it's like anything kind of. You're so excited for a meaningful game. And if you are going to suck too, which I expect the Bears to be terrible, like at least they have a second-year quarterback that's kind of entertaining to run around. Now that's that could be kind of fun. The Niners' defense just teeing off on him. He might be running for his life. Yeah, by about the second half, you might feel bad for him. Maybe he he serves as like he's basically Russell Wilson scout team for the Niners, preparing for Russ. Little mobility at quarterback. See, I, but I think Chubby. I don't think Russ is into the well. Maybe not. Anymore. But he's been a problem before, or Kyler, or whatever. Like, let's see yeah. Drake Jackson. I think it gives us a, just the opportunity. Let's see Drake Jackson in space against Justin Fields. If that happens, right? That would be. That would be. Um, I, I, I do think the key, and it's pretty clear that Kyle is okay with playing him without some of the other guys. Right, like I don't expect. You see, Debo just bought a house. Look like yeah. in like Los Angeles, but maybe it was in the Bay Area. Uh, like he, those guys aren't going to play, you know? Right. So it's like, he's cool with putting Trey in with just some random guys. And, um, and yeah, I mean, this is the last kind of, you just got to make it out healthy to get to week one. No, no injuries of anyone that's going to play. Now I don't want even some random guys to get injured, but you want no one that matters to go down. Yeah. Like I was flipping on the jets game last night, Monday night football. I mean, what a, just a terrible, I mean, jets Falcons, but it's still Monday Night Football, so I watched a little. Mariota, nice first, nice first yeah. and second drives. And you just – Zach Wilson just sitting there on the bench. You're like, God, that sucks. 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 I think one thing other, – one other thing just made me think is like opportunities like the Niners have this season and just anybody because clearly the football media world has figured out that Trey Lance is good for clicks. So – but fans are very interested. I mean, the Niners have been good. The Niners are a famous team. Kyle Shanahan's a big deal. Trey Lance is a big deal. You just don't get that many opportunities like this. A highly drafted quarterback going to a good football team, so you get this weird mix of expectations and growing pains, or whatever it's going to look like. You just don't get that every year in the NFL. You don't get. I mean, last year you got Mac on the Patriots, okay, kind of, but not as big of a prospect. And I don't think viewed as good of a football team as what the Niners could be. But generally speaking, I had somebody ask me the other day, like, why do Heisman Trophy winners? Not just why aren't those players the same players that become NFL stars? I was explaining some of the like there's just a there's a variety of reasons. But one of the reasons is if you're a Heisman winner, you're probably a good prospect, which means you get drafted high and you get drafted to a bad team and you're just set up to fail. And um, that is not Trey Lance. He's also not a Heisman winner, but he is not set up to fail. And that's just it's really a fun thing to watch when you get a player of, of his talent in a position like he's in. I think just being a I mean, you could argue the same thing about basketball, right? I mean, great basketball and college football players are not guaranteed to be great pros. Yeah. For for whatever reason. But yeah. there's a long history of it going both both ways, right? Adam yep. Morrison's to Johnny Manziel's. You, you watched the Manti Teo documentary? I haven't yet. Should I? Yeah, I mean, I thought I was saying. But one of the funny parts is 
you know, he got to go to the Heisman Trophy, and the guy that won his Heisman Trophy was Johnny Manziel. And you mm. just see two guys. I mean, basically the one and two guys in the Heisman Trophy were him and Johnny. Johnny lasted about three years in the NFL, and I had to look. I'm like, how many years Manti Teo play? And he barely got like to seven. Eight? Oh, seven. Yeah, I think he played a little in 2020, so maybe he did get his eighth year. But he, I wouldn't say, had a great career. You know, given at one point in time at Notre Dame, you're watching. Like, this guy looks like Luke Keekley. What spot did he get drafted? I think he was like early in the second, like a Debo, like 35 or 38. Okay. okay. You know, but yeah, his seven year career good for a second round pick. I, but I think part of it was like he looked there, he was on this stage at one thing, like the best linebackers. And it's like him and Keekley. Mm. And Keekley's going pro and they go to Manti and he's like, you know, I feel I have unfinished business. And it was clear, like, they were like equals, you know, both dominant college players and, and Keekley just smiles and like Manti announces and Keekley, Keekley like gives him a fist pound. You realize now Keekley's career, you know, had injuries, but the, I mean, the two player, one guy was like the white Ray Lewis and the other guy, the problem for Manti is he was probably built for more of the nineties, just a yeah. run between yeah. the tackles and the game really spread out. He was like the opposite of Reggie Bush. Like Reggie Bush came in at the wrong time. Like he was made for right now. Manti was just he came in at the time when the shifted what Reggie would have thrived in and but Manti's not covering running backs or anything. So in this you're saying like in 2022 Manti would be a f- fifth round pick. Yeah, I don't, you know, he would but he would have been in two, in 1993, he probably non-Lene Kakua, which couldn't have existed non-internet would have been a top 20 pick. Yeah. I think he still went high, but I, you know, if you could redo it, yeah, fifth round. And if you could redo it, you know, Luke Keekley would probably be like top three pick. Yeah, I mean, he was the eighth. So. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about our friends at Sleep Number, sleepnumber.com slash ham. Somebody sent me a DM. They're like, hey, I'm looking at Sleep Number. What, what do I need to do for you guys to get the credit? And I say, you don't have to do anything other than go to sleepnumber.com slash ham, poke around, see what you find. Whether you like to sleep a little softer, like John, whose sleep number is 40, or me, sleep number at 55, they got something for everybody. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Discover special offers now for a limited time at your local sleep number store or sleepnumber.com slash ham. You know what's funny, guys? People often ask, how much sleep should we be aiming for? And, you know, obviously with young kids, you need a little more 10 hours, you're growing. You know, the teens and the tweens, and I, I was like this when I was definitely in high school and then through college, you know, I, I could sleep eight, nine, ten hours. And I think as you get our age and older, you know, depending on, you know, some people can handle three or four. I, I think you are probably like me. I, you know, I'm probably in that sweet, sweet spot of like six and a half to seven and a half range. But I, I do feel much more productive when I get over seven, around eight. If I fall asleep at like nine thirty, ten, and I get up at six, you know, I, I feel very, very well rested or seven. Uh, I, I'm a big believer that better sleep you get, the more productive you are, the more productive you are, the more money you make. And that all gets back to our friends at Sleep Number because I would never be able to sleep great without a Sleep Number bed. And right now you need less money because it's the biggest sale of the oh. year where all smart beds are on sale. 50% savings on the 360 limited edition smart bed. Great time to discover adjustable comfort for both of you. Choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number because every day starts the night before. Discover special offers now for a limited time at your local Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey 
to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game. And I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, The chat has alerted what? I just love on the TMZ story is like the cops are looking into it, but the fans like, who cares? Can we check on some catalytic converters or something? <laughs> Unless she was trying to get some uh, precious metals out of there. I think we can move along. No one gives a shit. What if, that was, what if that was Dave Cavill? In, the, <laughs> in their defense, they thought they had a private, they found a private area, you know? I know. Somebody on the chat earlier said they're in the upper deck. Does that count as the Mile High Club? Pretty high up there. You ever, you ever go up there? I've been up there. Yeah. I've been up pretty there. high. 
I've been up there. Uh, this is uh, to continue your favorite story. Somebody on the chat alerted us to this, and they're not lying. John Lynch, uh, Matt Barrows tweets, John Lynch had a long answer when Tom Tolbert asked him on KNBR about the timeline for a release if there's no trade. However, his first words were, yeah, you know, I think we're getting pretty close. Speaking of Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, I mean, God, the, the date's technically right around the corner. So, I mean, it, 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 to me, I saw some people in the chat going, he might be ready. Well, the, the date is next week. So him saying pretty close. Could he yeah. just be saying the date when they cut everyone? He's just going to be part of that. Yeah. You're saying the season starts, their season starts 17 days or 18 days away. He's got to be gone by then at, at the latest. Well, but at the well, yeah, because if he's on the roster week one, just on the roster, his 25 million gets guaranteed, and that is not happening. But two, when you cut down to 53, you could not cut, you couldn't keep Jimmy Garoppolo around and keep and cut some other random guy, could you? Like, if you're like, well, it's between uh Jordan Mason and Jimmy Garoppolo, like that's pretty bad business. You're gonna keep four quarterbacks on the roster, right? right. Yeah, if you told me that like tomorrow or on Thursday they cut him, like I think it's time. You know, let's. Now your thing would be like, why don't you just wait for this thing? But how many of these guys are even playing? Just why you do that? Why you do the? Why you do that voice? Well, because I think a lot. Because that that's just a lot of like Greg Pop. Like why it's why it's NFL business. Make him wait. It's like Jesus Christ. What the fuck are we doing at this? Well, I'm not even arguing you should or you shouldn't. I'm just saying they've held on to him this long. What would be different about yesterday from three days from now, right? Well, three days from now, well, I guess not quite three days from now, but once the preseason game ends, all the games end. Now, like, what if Davis Mills gets hurt against the 49ers on Thursday? That's We're playing games. No one's joint practicing after Sunday, right? There's nobody, no quarterbacks are going to be live after this weekend when the preseason ends. So then you're even holding out hope for, now you're really hoping against hope. Now we're talking about practice injuries. Um which I think, to your point, is once the games end, and then you really now the well, long I, shot that existed for an injury gets even longer once the games. Well, end. I think next week is a very, very light NFL practice week. If not, several teams are going to get five to six days off. Right? To me, next week is about cutting guys. I, I don't think you're really practicing next week. Now, maybe the Bills and the Rams, given that their timeline's a little different, but I think the majority of teams in the league next year or next week. I wouldn't go quite like a bye week, but it's closer to a bye week than a normal NFL week, given that the weekend's off. If you told me that a lot of NFL teams give their veteran guys, you know, Wednesday through Sunday off and see you Monday morning, right? For yeah. the following week, I, I, I believe that. that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a good point. Uh, we've got a, a situation. I, I, did, I also saw that Pete Carroll say that they he feels they have two number ones. I saw that was, that was part of it, right? They don't want to cut him and him going there, which I think is... If I told you they cut him tomorrow and he went to Seattle, would you be like, um, I look at that week two game a little differently? No. He can't throw deep. Their best re- their best two receivers are deep threats. He can't throw deep. That's all we've been saying all camp. It's like, well, we don't want him to go to Seattle. So what? He can throw slant routes to DK Metcalf? He can't throw bombs. Like, that is the thing with Jimmy. They're literally their best two players are deep threats. Definitely their best players are deep threats. Jimmy can't do it. Well, and how many times I, I respect Tyler Jimmy? end up on the sidelines, catching balls along the sidelines. I just think that like that. And clearly Kyle has said that to people and John Lynch, cause I've heard, I mean, Papa mainly has said it. Well, I know he's not just pulling that out of his ass. I know where he's getting it from. I, I it's like, guys, if you told me that he ends up on Seattle, I, I wouldn't think one iota differently about anything involved in this NFL season, except I, 
if I if you went from well, could Seattle instead of being three wins wins five games? But like, yeah, I could see something like be a little more credible, right? I saw Adam Shine. Did you see what he said? Uh, Adam Shine, who I love, said uh, he called it the saddest quarterback battle ever: Geno Smith and Drew Locke. I, you know, it, it does feel when you're saying stuff like that, and I get Pete is an over hyper type. I mean, it's always kind of been. It's hard, man. Pete, you're in for a rude awakening. People aren't going to want to hear it. You know, people are just not going to want to hear it. Now, I was thinking about this today. Mm. I see that Monday night game going two ways. I see Denver beating the brakes off them, or I see the weirdest upset ever and being like, what the fuck? We've seen weird things happen before. It's the the Seahawks play in weird ass <laughs> games, right? I don't expect it, but I see two options. I see Broncos win 30 to 7. Or somehow it's a tie game in the fourth quarter and be like, is Russell Wilson and Nate Hackett going to lose this game at Seattle? Which I, I would, in the pie chart, I go like 85-15. But I was thinking, like, I'm kind of rooting for that. Uh, that would be great. That would be very great. John, I want to take you inside uh, the x-ray of Jason Poe's body. According to Trent Williams, he's got that dog in him. So we have here an x-ray with that dog in him. And the question is, is the 49ers undrafted fullback slash tight end slash offensive lineman about to beat out the 48th pick from 2021 Aaron Banks for uh, a spot. Now, if you need some reminder on Jason Poe, John, let's go down. Boston University. Memory lane. offensive line slash full bay. 300 pounds, 6'1". And here comes the tape. For those of you listening to the podcast, I would encourage you, you can uh, skip ahead to the 45-minute mark of the uh, youtube which is where we are or just type in jason poe for video of his this was all his pre-draft workout and i went back and looked at some of the stuff said about him before the draft daniel jeremiah did a video on him uh todd mcshay had some comments about him he had some pre-draft buzz for a guy listed as guard slash fullback from mercer this would be a pretty incredible upset if he could get himself in the starting lineup for the 49ers. Well, let's just say this. These type stories are the number one highlight of any training camp. When a guy like this, what you're showing right here, him tweeting out his shit and linking McShay, some different draft people, PFF, I think this put him on their radar. Like, I don't think before this video came out, anyone was talking about him. I didn't. I had forgotten till you had tip my memory but as i had forgotten as it was kind of clear this guy might not only make the team he might start i text a couple people i'm like this guy go to the combine or the senior bowl both responses were lol no guy he didn't sniff no one fucking knew about this guy honestly did the 49ers think that he'd have a chance to start when they signed him of course not but i watched a six minute cut up of the two games yeah he, if if I was looking at it, and this is what I used to do when I worked in the NFL this time of year, write up guys like him. Is he a claimable player or practice squadable player? He is a claimable player. He he is like he's not bad. I mean, he clearly can move. He's powerful in the run game. The knock obviously is he's just very small. Six one at line is especially a guard. I mean, think about some of these guards now. Six three, six four. But he is powerful and he's quick. And in this scheme, you just got to be able to move your feet. Now, the one knock I was texting with a couple of people that watched him a little bit is just going to be like, okay, 
pass protection once the season starts against every week, you know, Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, like obviously Eric's on his team, but you know what I mean, just on these other teams. Every team has, you know, some penetrating interior guys. Like that's a big step up from Mercer College. Here's the other thing. Their two starting guards might be from UTSA and Mercer, and I've been saying this the whole fucking time. I refuse to get worked up over guards and centers because this is where you find them. Now, it's still that's a pretty, it's going to be a pretty you know big step up, and there are going to be some growing pains for both guys. There's just no way around, and there would be for a guy from Alabama in the fifth round, but that's it's pretty crazy. It's it's an incredible story. It it really it's the coolest story by far than the 49ers training camp, right? If this guy starts at guard. And beats out, I don't know, a second round pick from Notre Dame, who was a who was a multi year starter. Isn't it fair to say that under Brian Kelly, Notre Dame kind of became O lineman you? I mean, think about all the offensive linemen they were pumping out over the last decade. It was a huge, especially the last like six or seven years, as Stanford, who kind of held that with Harbaugh and then early on with Shaw, it kind of pivoted to them. Like they started getting McGlinchey, Quentin Nelson. Aaron Banks, who's from El Cerrito, those guys were going to Stanford, and then and then uh, Brian Kelly and his crew kind of stole them. And this kid's beating that guy out. That's I, regardless of what you think, Aaron Banks. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, which is somebody asked about his arm length, thirty two inch arms. For comparison, Aaron Banks is thirty three and an eighth. Spencer Burford is thirty four and three fourth arm length, which is the ninety fourth percentile uh, of arm length. Thirty three and an eighth was the 42nd percentile uh, for offensive guards for Aaron Banks. So I can only imagine what what 32 is in, in terms of percentile. It's, um, it's really low. but That's why he didn't include it on his tweet. That's, you're exactly <laughs> right. Um, and somebody in the chat mentioned there's, you know, they Mercer played Alabama last year, so you can watch some of that tape. And um, I saw a highlight from him. Uh, is it Mercer game. Hoops? Didn't they didn't they beat Duke the one year in the first yeah, round? Yeah, that was Mercer. Yeah. So uh Macon, Georgia. But here's the thing. To make to be the Niners starting left guard, he doesn't have to block Aaron Bank uh, Aaron Donald. All he all it is is be better than Aaron Banks. And then once you're in the season, maybe use check helps you out, or maybe you don't need but that's the whole thing, right? Like, I don't know how he's going to play against some of the best NFL defensive linemen, but if he's better than Aaron Banks, then he's better than Aaron Banks. Like, yeah. who cares if Aaron Banks' arms are longer? And it's not about how is he really a future. If he's better than Aaron Banks, then he's better than Aaron Banks, and he's your left guard. Wouldn't you say one thing, I was going to say Kyle and John, but ultimately this, you know, I, I think John would tell you, like, the starting lineup, this is Kyle's decision and his coaching staff, and it should be on any healthy team. I would say the number one team at this over the years has always been Bill. Just completely irrelevant once you get on the team, where you're picked, who you are. Like He plays the best guys. I think Kyle has really kind of hung his hat on that early in his career, and really since he's gotten here. But like as they've gotten good, he is not beholden yeah. to where you are, how much they're paying you. Because a lot of teams, I think, would force-feed Manx a little bit. And I do respect, you know, you always say this that like, not you, but just it's like the it symbolizes the NFL. It's the great meritocracy. And some players would be like, well, kind of true. But if I'm a six rounder and that guy's a first rounder, he's getting extra chances. And it's, that is true. But there are some teams that 
look past that. And one thing that you do not fuck with is Kyle's baby. And what's his baby? The offense. And clearly, he's going to play the best guys on the offensive line. Yeah. And the I would say that here's the thing that this guy and Burford have that Banks does is not. This guy can move. And to in this zone scheme, think of who's the best zone. The ideal offensive lineman is Trent. And obviously, Trent is one of the stronger players in the league. But really, what separates him is athleticism. Who did Kyle love before Trent got here? Joe Staley. What did Joe hang his hat on? Elite athlete for a tackle. you got to be able to move. I'm watching some clips of this guy against Minnesota. He's just flying. <laughs> and, and this is a scheme also where I think if Banks, just if you just, I, I would imagine, is a little more powerful than him. He, he should be. He's just bigger, stronger from Notre Dame. Power is not the name of the game in this offense. And Burford is a guy that, again, a really good athlete. You watch some of the clips, like Banks is not, or I mean, this kid from Mercer Poe is on some pulls. He's knocking guys down, but there's a lot of where he's just kind of getting his body in front. You don't need to like pick the guy up Anthony Munoz style and drive him 12 yards back. You just need to kind of position. And that's where Wilson, I, uh, Mitchell, when he comes back, Ty Davis price, they'll make the cuts. That, that's the offense. That's it is the most offensive line friendly we often say it's quarterback friendly and it is like I, I was texting with someone about Brock Purry they're like well I like him good kid he's easy to root for even though I guess he kind of struggled last year because we were looking over they're like yeah he does make some bad decisions he throws a lot of picks yeah he's he did got, in college he's got the Favre thing going the Garoppolo but, thing I mean it is Garoppolo-esque but it is quarterback friendly they're a lot of easy it's very offensive line friendly like there aren't a lot of schemes where it's like oh where's your starting guard we, yeah we just uh, won four playoff games with a guy from the AAF Right, I mean, the, the Niners, if, remember Staley and McGlinchey the year they went to the Super Bowl, would Joe break a leg and McGlinchey tore an MCL that year? Remember, they had backup tackles playing for both those two guys for a large percentage, and they kept winning. It's that's I remember when I was with the Eagles, you lose an offensive line, and you're like, oh, we're in trouble. Yeah. Because it's like they're not, they're not worried about passing it every play. Because that would be a question mark. How's this guy in pass pro just down in, down out? Well, Kyle would be like, I want to ha- average like 18 attempts a game. <laughs> and and half of those are going to come off the run. So it's like the, the defensive lineman is not pinning their ears back. And Trey's out of there. Yeah. If needed. We're, we're going to avoid third and long like the plague. L- Lamar, I mean, they, they have played that way when he's been healthy, right? When you have a successful running game, it just it makes it easier on the offensive lineman. Now, if you have Trent or healthy Ronnie Stanley, they're handling. But you got to mix and match some of these other pieces then – I would. It does feel that this kid from Mercer, who literally tweeted himself into existence, tweeted himself into existence, feels like he might start right. And if I was a betting man, it, it, I don't want to say they're out on Aaron Banks, but if this guy's already mixing it, I think we have a pretty good beat on Kyle. Like the Purdy thing, it's clear that he loves him. Now I'm not saying the difference is. I think he likes Sudfeld too. I would wonder if they regret the Banks pick and just go, this was, we tried to force this one. It was a need pick and it's just, it wasn't a scheme fit. He just doesn't work. And, and I wonder if in a year, is he one of those, like their version of Lincoln Tomlinson when they trade him to a team that like a Pittsburgh Steelers, a team, a more power team that he's better suited at, you yeah. know, like a fifth or sixth round pick and just say, listen, he actually might be a solid player in another scheme. He, he just does not fit. It. It's what well, we always talk about the baseball analogy, like plug and play. This offense with linemen is not plug and play. If you don't fit from an athletic standpoint, I, I don't think you can play a guy. Brunskill was a was a tight end at San Diego State, kind of like Joe Staley style. He's a good athlete. 
it's why he can move in the scheme. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't take an expert to watch Jason Poe and just be able to tell that he's got some pretty good feel. I think it's funny. We're talking about this guy starting at offensive guard. His whole highlight tape is him catching the football. Now, part of it in his part of it is like it's just showing how athletic he is. But that's what the, this whole thing that the video he put out is him catching the ball. That was a pretty good little Texas route. I mean, let's be real. And this is no shot at him because this is not what offensive linemen do. Aaron Banks wouldn't look remotely close to this moving around. <laughs> well, not, how? Yeah, what? Who would? I know this. Trent. You know that. You know that thing that. Uh, yeah, Trent Williams. You know which ha- Kyle's thrown him the ball. You know that thing where where you line the tight end up on the left side of the line, and uh, you leave him uncovered, and then he goes out into a route. Remember they did it with um the Patriots did it on like four straight plays against the Ravens. Not with before they did it with Gronk with uh. The guy with the uh, like Hawaiian last name, yeah, yeah. I think that guy went to UC Davis. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I could see J- Jason Poe is going to be in on the goal line. Somebody is throwing Jason Poe the ball at some point this year if he's on this team. This guy can move. I mean, this is really incredible. I I think does Uzcheck get to kind of claim him fullback? Here's what's cool about something like this: a player like this goes from like early on in training camp when I'm sure he probably looked decent to go like. This is pretty cool. Like, I think we got, like, did we just get a practice squad from Mercer to, like, holy shit, is this guy better than Aaron Banks? Like, it gets pretty dramatic zero to 60 because there had to be a point, maybe in OTAs, but more likely in the pads come on, like, this guy's not bad, guys. This guy's not bad to Forrester, like, coach, like, I think this guy can, this guy's got a chance to a week later, like, uh, I think we need to have a serious conversation. do you care if I mix him in with next to Trent? Like that probably ha- that could have hap- transitioned pretty quickly, right? To early on training camp when the pads come on, to within a week, like God, we're let's do this. Let's see if this guy has a yeah, chance, right? And that is we talked about this earlier this week. I think that's what makes the NFL pretty cool. And I talk a lot of shit about training camp because the the star players don't play, but in baseball. How many teams, besides like the shittiest of shitty teams, the majority of baseball teams, how many spots are open on the 25-man roster? Sometimes one or two. In basketball, it's like usually the 12th guy. It's like Gary Payton or Avery Bradley. It, it, and that's the Magic are no different than the Warriors. They have like one spot open. In football, you might not, in theory, have that many spots open. I would have said like the Niners, like I don't know how many people are going to make the team. And then all of a sudden, like this guy's starting, this guy's starting, this guy's starting, getting rid of this guy. This guy's not going to make it. Brunskill's a backup. And, and the Niners are not alone. You and I are just living so close to it. If we did this for the Cardinals, for the Patriots, for the Cowboys, like every team has like two guys. Like, yeah, man, I think this this seventh rounder might start a linebacker for the Cap. You know, it just happens in every single program. You know, you're doing college football. You go out to Cal's practice, USC's practice, Texas practice. Every single one is like, yeah, we had this this freshman, the second year guy. We, you know, we were, you know, he's okay. That last year he came in with a different vision. Now he's our fucking starting tight end. It's a cool part about football. It's just, and part of it is a numbers game, right? There are just more people on the. You have twenty two starters, so you just have more bodies. And the difference between a backup and a starter can change. The gap can dramatically close in an off season. In uh, you know, especially in the NFL, as guys get older or just a young guy, it's it's why I never make that big a deal about fifth, sixth, seventh round picks because how fast like an 
no one in their right mind would have been like, oh, yeah, this Poe guy from Mercer, he's, he's going to be a starter. If you would have said that like to John Lynch or to Forrester or Kyle, they would have been like, shut up, man. Like this, let's pump the brakes. Well, here's the funny thing. McShay, McShay tweeted on April 11th, Jason Poe is one of my favorite late rounders in this class. We'll be talking this guy. We'll be talking about this guy Saturday at draft weekend, exclamation point. And then nobody drafted him. What's it, it is hard to draft a six foot one guard center. I'm just saying he had from, hype from, from Mercer. From Mercer. No, no, I, I, I'm not. All I'm saying is there was hype for him, and he still didn't get drafted. Understandably, very small. Maybe he was just trying to get out in front of the. It's listed at six two. I, I wonder how Niners many have him at six one, but McShay had him at six two. Mercer probably had him. I bet whenever the fifty three mans. He'll be the short if he is the starting offensive lineman. He'd be the shortest off starting offensive lineman in the NFL. And and to me, if you're gonna and, and this is what you always say, if you're gonna lean with outliers, you know you're gonna get burned more often than not. And think how you're gonna go an outlier. You're gonna draft an outlier from Mercer. To me, if this guy had been like, you know, a backup at Alabama when a guy had got hurt, he had started a game. Let's not even say Alabama. Let's just say like Oregon State or Fresno State or like a yeah. a Division One program. Mercer? Well, like Russell Wilson is an outlier from Wisconsin. Yeah. Kyler Murray is an outlier from Oklahoma. Who are blue chip guys, also played baseball. They had so much like lineage and, and athleticism. I, I think if this guy would have played at a Division One program, like let's not even use Power 5. Let's just say San Diego State or Fresno State or, you know, some of the teams, not Cincinnati's feels bigger, but like a team like that Cincinnati plays, like an even an FAU or something where guys have consistently been drafted out, out of there in the third day, maybe you just have a better feel. And I, I know people will be like, well, Mercer played Alabama. Well, yeah, all small schools play those guys. It's like, I, I don't think that really factors in as much as we think. You well, know? you could watch that tape, right? You, you would. I mean, that'd be, that'd be the only one you'd watch. <laughs> Again. But I think it's fair to say if we, you know, not that we would. I mean, this is most we'll ever talk about offensive linemen is let's just say he was okay in that, you know? Yeah. Which would be understandable. I mean, he's, he's going up probably against a second rounder. Did you uh, know Mercer had a football team? You know, I mean, hadn't thought of it. If you would ask me, I would have probably answered no. I probably would have too. I hadn't thought about that. Someone just said in the chat, same size as DJ Jones. It's much easier to project a shorter defensive tackle than it is a short defensive or offensive lineman. Well, maybe if he's not an offensive lineman, you give him to Chris Kasarek uh, and he becomes a defensive lineman. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you could fucking throw him the ball. I mean, you could use him like seven different positions. What if this guy ends up starting? Maybe that's like why Hogan got. <laughs> it's not it's like Otani. Otani san. <laughs> what if a dude from Mercer ends up going both ways? <laughs> Just like, oh man, the Niners must be really banged up. It's like, no. <laughs> you remember, you remember in the Rose Bowl uh, against Ohio State, Utah had their running back playing corner, yeah. and yeah. afterwards the guy's like, "I know I got burned by Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm a running back. I'm a running back." Did they move that guy back or did he stay? Yeah, he's back to running back. He's <laughs> okay. a running back. <laughs> they didn't have a choice, right? No, they were just they were stuck. <laughs> Coach, I don't even Bernard. know how to backpedal. What do I do? He's probably going to have like uh, seven touchdowns for them this year. He's a good player. So, 
Yeah, and how about that? Jeep says not only would he be a two round, a, a two way player, but a two way player from Mercer of all places. What a what a story! I didn't expect to see happen. But that's again, like we said, you just there's always. I think there's one of these a team. I, honestly, I think if we were in depth with any of the teams, especially even the good ones. Obviously, the bad teams have a lot of you know the Jags have a lot of open spots. But you go to the 14 playoff teams from last year. There is a guy. Fifth, sixth, seventh undrafted free agent that is working his way into the starting lineup. What's crazy though is when you it's not Wally Pipping because Aaron Banks is healthy. Hell, he's never even played a snap. Uh, I mean, he Wally played some like kickoff. A career. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to be funny. It's I, I do think it's pretty impressive because they did try to give the job to Aaron Banks. I mean, they literally did. They just started him at left guard and he couldn't keep it. They basically were like, we have no other. This is it's yours. Go take it. Well, you know how the tour championship gives you a lead, right? Like yeah. Scotty Scheffler has a two, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. two shot lead over everyone. That's basically what they get to Aaron Banks. We know you haven't earned this. You don't really deserve it, but we're just going to start you there. And your yours biggest challenger lead. will be the undrafted guy from Mercer. <laughs> yeah. We're going to put you next to Trent Williams. So, you know, you'll have that. It should be okay. And you couldn't win the job. Well, it Probably. hasn't officially happened, but it, no. it feels so if you were betting, if, if you were a betting man, who would you be betting on right now? I'd be betting on this guy, especially <laughs> given the Niners, especially given that Spencer Burford is their right guard already, right? They basically treat some of their players the way new regimes treat other regimes' players. Like, hey, I didn't draft him, not my problem, which is a good quality to have. You just you think many have Super Bowl contenders more. have uh, basically their battery is not counting the center is UTSA Mercer North Dakota State. It's a lot going on right there in the no, and even and and Harvard and right Harvard. Oh, no, that's a good point. And then what? And Louisiana, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, it doesn't get bigger until you go out. You're like Notre Dame and Ohio State guys, out of here. <laughs> Louisiana and Mercer guys in. AAF, AAF guys in. Uh, good news for the couple. Uh, actually, several things on the Raiders front. Belichick called the Raiders facility the Taj Mahal. And then they uh, they're joint practicing with the Patriots. Raider, Greg Bedard said the uh, the Raiders had been uh, dominated on both sides of the ball. Patriots uh, not moving the ball. Then he said it got worse. Worst offensive practice at camp. Mac Jones picked off to end an awful two minute. He was pissed. Run defense the only positive today. The pass defense was carved up by Carr, by Adams, by Renfro. No Waller. Then J.C. Jackson, the report for the Chargers, the star corner. Ankle surgery Tuesday, estimated two to four week return. John, you'll be uh, happy to know the surgery was done by Dr. Martin O'Malley at the New York Hospital of Special Science. I don't know when all the doctors started needing to get their burn in these surgery stories, but uh, things are looking up for like, this is con- confluence of good things happening for the Raiders right now. It feels like every story I ever read on the Pats is negative. I-, I would say if you had to go the training camp rankings of like teams who could just be decent to good. They're by far last of any, definitely any team that made the playoffs. The, the The internet has just shit on them for about three weeks. Uh, you know, the Raiders should be better than them, right? In terms of they got better players. Josh kind of knows what those guys are doing. Uh, so that's a positive sign. I do think it's pretty big if J.C. Jackson's after that game. I mean, that's, that's the week one. The Raiders play them week one. To be, clear. I'd be a little surprised if everyone was healthy that J.C. wouldn't follow around Devontae Adams. And that is, I mean, they just paid him, right, $45 million guaranteed for a reason. He's got 57 million interceptions the last couple of years. He's a really good player. They signed him to be a lockdown corner. 
and now he has ankle surgery. I actually think it's a pretty big deal for the Raiders. It's a double whammy. All, you beat the Chargers, there's a decent chance they lose the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football, and all of a sudden the Chargers are 0-2. I mean, I, I've said over and over, I think they're one of the best rosters in the league, if not the best. If you can beat them, they're going to be an underdog. Just It's at Kansas City short week. Anytime you're traveling on a short week, Chargers better find a way to win week one at home or else you start 0-2. I know it's not a death knell with 17 games, but that's... And they play the Jags and the Texans and the Browns right after. But if you start one and one, it's much easier to be all of a sudden you're four and one than if you're zero and two, you're three and two. And but also, that puts a ton of pressure when you're zero and two, right? You, you got no margin for error. Also, it's your it's your home game, whatever that means against the Raiders. Which Raider right. fans will say it'll be our home game? Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, exactly. And the next time you play them is is on the road. But um, I mean, I I think they came into the year thinking like we got not just J.C. Jackson, but one of the best one two punches. With Asante Samuel on the other side. Um, Derwin's healthy now. Derwin. Dur- Dur- By the way, follow Devontae or follow Hunter Renfro? Did you see how much, did you see how dead serious he was? Like when Ryan Clark tried to make fun of him, he, he didn't even, he did not even like, bro, I'm not, this is not a joke. I honestly, I, I don't know that much about Derwin James, besides clearly when he's healthy, he's really good. I thought that was just a pretty impressive. Like, I'm not here. I'm not just saying this to say it. Like, this guy, you fucking watch this guy play? Talks like an Alabama guy, not a Florida State guy. You never know. You know, are they a little gloosy? Him and Jalen Ramsey were on the same team, remember? But um, that's a pretty good deal. would have played for Jimbo. Like, they were probably pretty damn good, right? I mean, Jimbo's been a sneaky, pretty good recruiter, huh? So, I, I think that's, like, to me, that's what's special potentially about this Raiders offense is just that it's not just, you can't just follow Devontae. Because if Devontae wasn't there, there'd be no question that J.C. Jackson's following Hunter Renfro. Even if J.C. Jackson followed Devontae Adams everywhere, Hunter Renfro might still have eight catches for 120 yards, right? Yeah. Like, No, you're right. That is that is a bad, bad, bad game to lose J.C. Jackson for. Potentially. Two to four weeks, they say. But I'm pretty excited for that game. Well, the, remember, we talked. Isn't this the number one game of week one? Like, just yeah. the actual matchup? I think so. Other than the Thursday game. Thursday night game's elite. But yeah, on Sunday, I think it's the best game. I also think you couldn't go lock of the week because, I mean, either one of these teams could win. But if you tell me that the Raiders are like plus two, I mean, that might just be from a value standpoint, pretty good bet early on. They're going to be the underdog in this game. It honestly just might be a Chargers minus three, right? Who knows? The it, the line could change a little bit as we get closer, depending on injuries and who's playing. But I, I would guess Chargers minus three by week. You know, by the time we get to kick off that number, let me look it up right now. Yeah, I mean you're right. Like they're going to have a lot of just public money. You would think on them, but I don't know. I two two or two and a half. I think Raiders as an underdog. If we get to that game and J.C. Jackson's not playing, is an interesting bet for sure. Is is Bill going to give Josh McDaniels a bunch of feedback after the joint practices? He might. Yeah, it's weird. If if you leave Bill on good terms, uh, it seems like he likes you. So the Niners right now minus seven. God, I love that. We got lock of the week, early discussion. Guy Raiders plus three and a half right now. Well, is that line going to go up or down? Right, because like if he get if it JC Jack now is I don't know that JC Jackson's moving the line necessarily, because he could be back for the season, for week one. But what's what do you think is more likely? That line becomes four. Or that line becomes three. 
That line becomes three. I Even two, two and a half by kickoff. Maybe we should. I uh, think the moment you open your ankle, like when I see two to four weeks, I see you're out a month. Plus, you give a guy $45 million with an ankle, are you rushing him back? Like, ultimately, you signed him for the next two or three years, not necessarily just to win week one, even though you don't want to lose week one. Sneaky a lot. The pressure rankings, I will say this about the Chiefs have the least in the division, just they've done the most. They, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have anything. I would probably put the Raiders second, just first year of Josh, a lot of moving parts. Not saying there's not pressure, but what they just went through with Mark Davis and, Ru- I mean, Gruden and Mark and Ruggs. I think the Chargers and the Broncos, the pressure on those two teams are both just equally intense. I mean, intense because we all acknowledge the Chargers roster is just too good. I mean, they, they, their roster is dramatically better than last year, and they went nine games. And then anytime you just mortgage the farm to get Russell Wilson, like you just got to be good. Because in fairness, like when Russell played on average teams, they made the playoffs. So, and were you telling me, or someone was telling me, like the buzz in Denver's high? Like they, yeah, I was telling good. you. I just I was talking to somebody who lives in Denver, and he was just saying. But I heard somebody else say it, like the people. Maybe it was one of the Denver beat writers from the Athletic saying. Like people don't understand how much the organization has gone all in in Denver of like, we got Russell Wilson and we're going to be great. Like that's the way everything's getting promoted and the fans have totally bought into it. Let's ride. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think you could, you would make the case that there's a lot of teams with pressure, but those two have the most in the entire league on them. Yeah. Um, You know, like Mike McCarthy has pressure on him, but I, I would put him in their category of him, but not the organization. I mean, it feels a little different, right? Yeah. But he does represent the like if they miss the yeah, blast, yeah, yeah. it'll be a disaster and he will get canned. Yeah. To me, Hackett, I think you first said this, and I've come around like one and done would be on the table. Anytime you spend five billion dollars on a team, it's not like well, well guys, you didn't he hire him, John. That's the other thing. They these people didn't hire him. And plus, even if you didn't like, let's say you know, they had had like a Sean Payton was their coach and it was a weird first year. It's like, it's Sean Payton guys. Like, let's just let this Nate Hackett. Did you listen to his part of my take interview? I didn't grit week. I didn't catch it. You were not. impressed. I, I, I had a couple Broncos fans DM me or like, listen, he is a very likable guy. You know, it's he's, he's a, he'd be a fun guy to like be your neighbor, be your just friend, have some beers with bullshit. Does he sound like a head coach? I mean, is he a little goofy? Know, is that the deal? Yeah, he's a goofball. I remember his Russ introduction thing put up a red flag for me, even though we root for UC Davis guys. I think ultimately, football coaches in a weird way are nerds at heart, but they're nerd with football. Like Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid, Belichick, like they're football nerds. They think about their football team, the scheme, the plays nonstop. This guy to me was like nerd who also was involved with football. And it makes sense, right? He was a doc, he was a biomed at UC Davis. Like for those that don't realize, like my dad used to say, UC Davis is a big time university in terms of academics. This guy is smart. And I do think he just became a football coach because that's the family profession. But he probably could have easily been a doctor. Like Andy Reid would tell you, a doctor wasn't on the table for me. You know, Mike Tomlin would say the same thing. Belichick maybe could have done some other things. But, like, most of these guys didn't have that many. Like, John Gruden, like, you're coaching football or nothing, right? This guy feels just a little 
goofy, geeky. I don't know. I had a Denver fan DM me that said one thing he's gotten crushed around here for, like local people kind of run a country club preseason. Like they don't hit, they don't play anybody in the preseason. It's just kind of been a lot of walkthroughs. You know, it's polar opposite, I would imagine, of what Vic had been doing, which they probably wanted. But it's not like this guy has a track record. Like, guys, it's going to (laughs) work. Yeah. I'm skeptical. But at the same time, there have been plenty tough guy, not meathead, but tough guy, football guys who give awful speeches to the team and are not good leaders. You know, if if you can really scheme it up, and they desperately need probably – I guess I would say you need to win early. They do, but it's more so about the players in the building already have opinions about them. So if they believe in him, then I think, then I, you know, then it'll translate. Like there are guys who you don't think are football coaches, and then it turns out they really know the game and they're authentically. The thing that's challenging when you're that type, if you're a first time head coach, you just, you know, you hope you don't get that job before you are ready to be a head coach and truly trust who you are and what you are. Here, I guess, is my point. I, I'm not by any means saying that I, I would lean meatheads, but let's just use all the Kyle guys. I think in a weird way, Mike Shanahan taught them all like how important toughness and physicality is because when you think about it, like Kyle, Sean, and LaFleur, LaFleur, the Packers have gotten a lot more physical than they were under McCarthy. They're a lot tougher. Like th- those, All those teams value defense. Look at the Packers. Their defense is really good now. The Rams have had one of the best defenses. Kyle's, I just, you know, for some offensive guys, that does not come naturally if you've never yeah. been taught it. And I, I just wonder, man, I, you know. Well, I think it's also hard to establish leadership when you have Russell, who you feel like he said it when they got Russell, right? Like, I'm, we're just all so lucky to have him. So can you coach him? Does he let – can you coach him? Like that was always the thing with Bill and Tom, right? Say this about their relationship. Tom let Bill coach him in front of everybody. Well, can Nate coach? Can Nate really coach Russell Wilson in front of everybody? Right? It's hard to truly be at the top of the pyramid, which is where the coach is supposed to be, if truly the quarterback kind of wants to be at the top of the pyramid. Well, I just saw someone in the chat say, like, do you guys forget the Sirianni's first presser was pretty bad and it turned out okay. And it feels like Sirianni's actually pretty solid. It was the same vibes, right? Just kind of goofy, like, is this guy a leader? I I would say the difference is in Sirianni's talk, like, last year, now it's a lot different coaching Jalen Hurts than Russell Wilson. But I think on, like, a COVID night, remember when the Eagles played, there were, like, two Monday night games going at the same time and the Eagles were only on, like, in the Northeast. So we didn't even get to watch it live. Cause there was another game on, there was a v- viral clip of like Sirianni lighting up Jalen hurts. And obviously Philly's like, Oh my God, they ended up winning the game. And Jalen said after like, I'm a coach's son. He's a coach's son. Like whatever. He screams at me all the time. I do think it comes a little more naturally to Nick to kind of, he can be a dick. And when I say a dick, like, I mean, a coach, <laughs> I don't know how often. Authentically. We're see, yeah. Like he can just, and it's, I think he can get on anybody. I wonder how often you'll see clips because they're going to play in some high-profile games. Hackett's getting in on guys. Like, Kyle has no problem. I Honestly, one thing I respect about LaFleur, it feels like LaFleur is a little more of a red ass than like – like, you don't see Sean doing it that much. Now, he has other coaches that do it, but like Kyle does it, LaFleur does it. I think, you know, I've seen Sirianni does it. Like, I, I do question, this, is that a Hackett thing? And maybe he just says it's not really my style, which well, you got to be true to yourself, but yep. – you got to be true to yourself. And, but also, Russ, you know, that's Pete is that guy. And it didn't, Russ gets everybody fired. So historically, offensive coaches. But I think Pete's sneaky. 
does things like, I guess you're right. I mean, you don't see him yelling at guys that often. That's not really his thing, but I, it's just hard to compare. Yeah. You know, Pete's pretty good. Yeah. I, one thing Historically, I've learned, press conferences don't tell us whether or not a guy can coach. Doesn't mean anything. So, uh, but, but, but John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about our friends at indeed, indeed.com slash ham, indeed.com slash ham. If you need to hire, you need indeed, you need indeed starting now, continuing now, I guess we've been telling you about it. $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash ham offer good for a limited time. Yep, guy. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, searching for candidates with the right skills and deeds, a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like instant match assessment and virtual interviews. Love virtual interviews. You don't even need to meet someone at a coffee shop, bring them to your office. You just do it on your computer over the interweb. With instant match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data. On average, applicants who score highly proficient or higher on the reliability assessment we're nearly eight times more likely to consistently attend work. And you get those assessments when you get Indeed. So you get a good read on the people that you're interviewing. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ham. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. What else do we have here? Um, Tom Brady went to the Bahamas. I've got some NFL headlines for you, John. Turns out, since we last talked, Brady was in the Bahamas. Family trip planned. Why, why couldn't you just say that up front? Kind of weird. Yeah, I saw Rick Stroud, the dude, you know, the, the guy embedded with the Bucks for about three decades now. Yeah. Said on, uh, on Dan Patrick, he wouldn't consider this a family vacation. It was like ominous the way he said it. Huh. It's the way he claimed it. I'm not saying that he didn't go. I'm just saying that he, it might have been like, he just didn't elaborate. He's like, you're going to have to let Tom elaborate. I think a lot of people know there's some stuff going on and no one's, it does. No one wants to say it for Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people say, well, you know, if you have pre planned vacations, I don't know, man. I, I, that excuse doesn't fly with me for a player. I mean, I, a player this close to the season. Now you plan the vacation with the family and then you unretire. Maybe part of it was like you, I swear to God, if you yeah, retire, you're like still, 10 and eight, you can do whatever you want. You, uh, you, 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 there's one person that would mandate it. Not the kids. Oh no, no, no. Giselle. Yeah. No. Uh, I saw this tweet. Is this real? So this guy tweeted top 10 NFL jersey sales. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, Justin Herbert, TJ Watt, Tom Brady, Mac Jones, Max Crosby, Kenny Pickett, Baker Mayfield? Well, are you are you the Panthers? No, I don't believe it. I mean, I don't trust this that deal. I'll, I'll I, wait for I'll wait to see it from an NFL source. I do think non-NFL highlight of the day. Yeah. Is he's just an all-timer. Like I, you know, even in a day and age of drama queens. It's going to be hard to ever find another guy this good, but also just like, what is going I mean, Kevin Durant, what, what the fuck, man? What, what is happening, guy? Trade demands don't mean demand. The word demand is a loose word. 
but we've seen a lot of weird trade demands over the years in like baseball and basketball and football that haven't materialized. Like this guy to me is too, even Kobe once demanded. Yeah. This, 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 it feels like Kevin Durant's career kind of just jumped the shark down a bizarro world. It's kind of sad, honestly. It, it really is just kind of sad. That's the only way I'd say for, and I think he'd be like, oh, it's just everyone else talking. It's like, Ke- Kevin, man, just what the hell, bro? Like, what is going on? <laughs> well, I mean, when you when you demand a trade, and then also have conditions on like the three teams, the two teams, the one team you want to get traded to there, you run the risk that that thing just cannot happen for a variety of reasons. And then you've got to make a decision. Do I want to go play for the Pacers or whoever, or am I going to stay here and hope that this will just be one of the, you know, 90 other things that have happened to me that in the end don't really, it doesn't really matter. Nothing really changes, but it's pretty rare. I think in sports nowadays, just because the younger guys are probably a little less ruthless than a dude in the 70s and 80s making way less money. You just had to be a little more cutthroat, I think, just just because there's just less money. That like, I want this guy fired probably happened a little bit more. Now, how it got out, it'd be in a newspaper, it'd be a little different now. He literally told the owner, and then it got reported, I want these two guys fired, which... Does not happen. Now, there were reports like, you know, so-and-so and the offensive coordinator did not get along and he wanted a new guy and that guy. Like, that happens, but not like he wants the head coach and the general manager relieved of their duties and he'll be cool. That not only didn't happen, he then sat down with both of them and they talked it all out and now they're good. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's, like, a, he's like a high school, you know, ninth grade chick. You know, just one day, the, however the wind blows is how her emotions are going to go. It's crazy. You know what's funny about this statement? So they he's put out 30, statement. He's 34 years old, guy. He's not 22. Well, it's hard when you know when you're in charge, but you're not actually in charge, right? The star athlete is in charge, but then they're also not actually in charge because they need the help of the owner to trade them. They need the help of another team to acquire them. You know what's funny? I just noticed this about the statement they put out. The following statement's been released by general manager Sean Marks. Steve Nash and I, together with Joe Sai and Clara Wusai, met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in L.A. yesterday. We've agreed to move forward with our partnership. We're focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. The logo at the bottom is the Nets logo, but it's also the, it says the boardroom. Like, so they have to put Kevin's logo on their statement. And here's the other thing. That statement's kind of, I mean, I guess there's no way to put out a good statement after all of this, but. It basically like we're focusing on basketball. Are they like saying, we just agreed to kind of disagree, but I'm not getting fired. Neither Steve and he's not getting traded. So we're all just going to send him. <laughs> yeah, we're stuck. The owner loves me. I, Steve's a great guy. I mean, literally everyone in the history of the sport always liked this guy. For some reason, Kevin did, too. He used to he's the one that wanted him here. And now he turned on him. And it's easy to be like, well, I've heard defenders of Kevin Durant. were like, well, he liked him. And then he's been around him. He doesn't think he's good enough. I understand that, but when you mandate the guys hired, I'm sorry. Like, if I was the owner, I'd be like, screw you, man. You're the one. This wasn't our idea. We didn't pull this guy's name out of a hat. You brought this name to us, and then we liked him, and he's impressive. You got to learn to get through his growing pains. It's basketball. You just do what you want to do on the court. You don't have to listen to him. He is just. I was exhausted reading that. I'm like, this is just an exhausting story. And, I but I, I just get, it's sad. 
I saw Simmons tweet like uh, everyone at the Ringer would like to thank Kevin Durant <laughs> for the last four months of content, podcast, and articles. Well, guy, I'm at the I was at the gym this morning flipping around channels, and the the treadmill doesn't have that many great ones, so I just end up on ESPN. I don't want to watch First Take, but it's on. And I have ESPN and ESPN two. Get up and First Take are both talking about Kevin Durant. Not, but not the statement hadn't been put out yet, so it was like. Where are his future destinations? Then up next, Mike McCarthy's job status. Like he's a major role in all these talk shows of like the dramas continuing. And then it just an hour probably after both shows end, it's like, yeah, actually we're good. All those topics completely meaningless. You wasted all your time. <laughs> Kevin Durant does that a lot to people. I don't think he means to, but like, why is everyone talking about me? Because you create all this stuff and then it all nothing, most of it doesn't even happen. Yeah. Also, this would be, you know, things went sour to whatever degree they went sour in Oklahoma City. Things ended badly with the Warriors, where a few things actually end badly. And now this Nets thing has become, you know, he, unfortunately, he is a, I think there's a lot to like about Kevin, and I'm with you. It's, you feel bad for some of it, but it's, it's, it, he's been the common denominator in all three. Now it turns out, you know, at the same time in his defense, Russell Westbrook, he's not easy. The Warriors thing again. They have been through. They just won another championship. Yeah, and Kyrie's not easy and whatever, but he's been the common denominator now in three very weird situations. I'd say Draymond's history shows that, like, yeah, he's hard on guys, but it sure feels like all his teammates get along with him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, or or at least see the truth in some of what he says. So we had this question earlier, David, on the stream asked, "What happened to shave it or save it?" We we have a backlog of shave it or save it's. Would you like to do one right now? Let's end on one. Okay. We will end on this. For those of you listening, I think I'm going to cut this out of the podcast. Okay. Because it's hard to listen to. Shave it or save it doesn't translate. So if you're listening, thanks for listening. We're going to end it on shave it or save it. You can go to our YouTube channel for the uh, shave it or save it. We have a backlog of uh, those that we haven't gotten to, but uh, feel free to send us more. We are here to help. It's all love when it comes to shave it or save it. We will be live Thursday after the Niners game next, unless uh, you know Garoppolo gets traded for a second on Wednesday, uh, which uh, you know, John, always a possibility. XFL needs quarterbacks. <laughs> Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Later. Peace. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.